0: My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Sunday School. Uh, Today is week three of our series in Jude. So if you've got your Bibles, open up to the little book of Jude. Uh, so I want to show you something real quick. Um, if you grab your handout and flip over to page 3, and, or actually page 8 and 9, it's the center two pages. you I mean, just kind of open them up. Um, some of you really, really enjoy this type of uh, data and word study, and some of you really don't. Uh, But what I want to explain to you today, before before we kind of get going, is this is an extremely slimmed down version of what exists in a larger format. So I have about, uh, so for this particular week uh, of text, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about seven and a half, eight pages of this that's more fleshed out and expanded. So if you like this and want more of this, then you can go to uh, our com and click on the read tab and click on the, any of the t's in our current sunday school series and This should show you the teacher notes uh, and you can follow along with what i'm actually teaching from uh, Off of uh, the paper that i've got in front of me right now So if that's something you're interested in just want to let you know that that is out there. So So there's that so if you want to geek out on definitions of words and Yay, verily it's there. All right, so uh, hopefully, but this time, you found uh, the little book of Jude. Uh, we're going to read through the entire book. Today, we're going to look at verses uh, 5 through 11 again. So last week, we looked at the uh, the uh, historical references that were associated in those verses. And today, we're going to take more of a, a traditional Sunday school for our class, look at the words themselves, uh, and then look at applications and personalizations. So here's the book of Jude. Jude a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ but I want to remind you though you once knew this that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day "...as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities around them in similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire." Likewise, also, these dreamers defile the flesh. They reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses... "'dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, "'but said, "'The Lord rebuke you.' "'But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, "'and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts In these things, they corrupt themselves. "'Woe to them! "'For they have gone in the way of Cain, "'have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, "'and perished in the rebellion of Korah. "'These are spots in your love feasts, "'while they feast with you without fear, "'serving only themselves.' They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds. Late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame. Wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him these are grumblers complainers walking according to their own lusts and they mouth great swelling words flattering people to gain advantage but you beloved Remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. All right, so as I said just a second ago, last week we looked at uh, some of the historical references in Jude, and there are a lot. So today is the second week of this same text, verses 5 through 11, and we've got about four more weeks in this series. But last week what we looked at were these references of, um, in verse 5, save the people out of the land of Egypt, and afterward, destroy those who did not believe. So this is the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and then wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and... Just to put it bluntly God killing off that whole generation Because they did not believe It was it was not due to uh, A lack of their action But a lack of their faith uh, And then in verse 6 the, uh, the angels who did not keep their proper domain uh, We looked at this last week as well We think this is a reference to Genesis 6 Where those angels left heaven Came down, bred with human women uh, Defiled the human line uh, And God then brought Uh, Judgment on the entire earth through the flood Uh, Verse 7 Obviously Sodom and Gomorrah This is probably one that most are familiar with This rampant sexual sin in Sodom and Gomorrah uh, That God dealt with again with judgment Uh, You may see a theme here Uh, So judgment, judgment, judgment Verse 9 Michael the archangel in contending with the devil About the body of Moses He rebukes the devil Uh, The devil is judged in that way Uh, Verse 11 The way of Cain This is the offering that Cain brought that was from a lack of faith as opposed to the offering that Abel brought We learned in Hebrews 11 that was uh, from a place of faith uh, The error of Balaam, uh, we read this last week uh, this is, you know, the, the story of Balaam is not about the donkey, it's about uh, a prophet who Was greedy uh, and desired and lusted after money And s- still said the right words of his prophecy But the desire of his heart was incorrect Every single time Balaam is mentioned after that uh, instance in uh, early in Numbers, it is always negatively. It's, it's, he never has a positive mention again in Scripture. Um, well, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't you want to be that guy, right? Like you, you get mentioned a half a dozen more times in Scripture, and it's always, yeah. Well, you remember Balaam. That's just you know, don't be like Balaam. It's really bad. Uh, and then the rebellion of Korah, where God uh, judged again the uh, Korah and his. Uh, rebellious uh, friends who spoke up against Moses and said, you know, all the people are holy. We're all equal. We all should be able to uh, have access to God like you do. And uh, Moses prayed to God and said, if, you know, if I'm right and y'all are wrong, then let God open up the earth and swallow you up. And lo and behold, the earth opens up and swallows them up and then closes back. And that's the end of Korah. Uh, it was a truly, truly tragic story. So if we, if we think about these historical references, these are not... Um, I'm, I'm going to guess that the only one that would ever be taught in a children's Sunday school would be the way of Cain. Would you, would you agree with me on that one? Because you, you're not going to go... I, I never heard when I was a child about God killing off a whole generation of Israelites. Right. It was always these are God's special people and he protects them and he preserves. But there was a time in which he just said smite. Right. So this is this is not something that we hear. Uh, these angels having sex with women. I mean, that's I, I'm going to bet a, a whole nickel this morning that nobody in Stewart Heights, the children's department, is teaching about angels having sex with women. Sodom and Gomorrah. This is probably not going to come up as well. Uh, Michael the Archangel. This is a reference to the the Pseudopigrapha. We talked about this last week a little bit as well. So the the Jews had the the foundation of the Old Testament. They have these apocryphal books. The this idea that there are some very doubtful and disputed books, and then these really really disputed books on top of this, the pseudepigrapha, and then the Talmud, which is really all the Jews go to today. This is what they this is their primary source because this is the interpretation of all of this, uh, which is just. You're just layering and layering and layering, and it's just so sad because you're getting farther and farther away from the actual words of God. Uh, So then you've got the way of Cain, which I think probably could be taught. Uh, However, I think the majority of the time it's taught this way. Um, uh, Abel brought a good sacrifice, and Cain brought a bad sacrifice, so God loved Abel. It's like, stop it. (laughs) It's like, will you please stop? Uh, reframing the Bible in a way that it does not frame itself, right? We need to frame the scriptures in the way the scriptures frame itself. And the scriptures frame Abel's offering as an offering of faith and Cain's offering as an offering that lacks faith. So we have an opportunity very early on in the scriptures to teach our young people that it is not about works, that it is about faith. So when we miss these little opportunities and then we surprise them with the gospel, when Jesus shows up, they're like, wait, I thought it was about works back here. No, it's always been about faith. So this story can be, uh, it is a consistent story and it's up to us to make sure we tell it clearly. And then the rebellion of Korah. Um, I mean, what a way to start a Sunday morning by frightening children and telling them the earth is going to swallow them whole. Uh, (laughs) We should do that. No, that's, that's probably not right. Probably going to have to edit that out again. Yeah. <laughs> there are days? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, so if you had to summarize, if you had to summarize all of this into, into like one word or one or two words, what would you, what is the, the, what did, what did you feel like the emphasis was? Judgment. judgment, right? Yeah, it's judgment. When you deviate from God's plan, God will Judge. That's absolutely right. It's absolutely right. He is either going to judge human beings individually for their own sin, or he is going to uh, impute the righteousness of Jesus Christ who took our judgment, and we do not have to suffer that judgment. So there's two options. That's it. So here's all of this this judgment. So let's take a look at uh, a couple of these most common words in Jude. Uh, This is at the bottom of your handout on page uh, seven. So your first blank there is they. And this is what Jude does all the way through. We've talked about this a couple of times. So it's, it's they do this and they do this. And the next blank is you. So but you do this. And they do this, but you do this. And they do this, but you do this. And you, you always really want to make sure that you're firmly embedded in which side Jude is talking about. Who's the quote unquote good guys and who's the quote unquote bad guys and where we're at. Because if you, if you lose your orientation, you can get mixed up in a real short amount of time. So we don't want to do that. Uh, all right, so let's talk about what the words mean. So I'm in uh, verse 5 here. We're going to look at verses 5 through 11. So, but I want to remind you. Now, there's there's lots of different uh, Greek words for to talk or to communicate uh, or to tell something. But your blank here is to remind quietly. This is not a loud, boisterous, uh, thunder and lightning type communication. And if you if you think about, if you give today's average preacher the the opportunity to preach on these stories in one sermon what will the tone of that be it will be loud and boisterous and thunderous and and i would i would beg to say that there are audiences that need to hear that if you are without the gospel we need to be clearly confronting people with the reality of hell like this is not a oh well you know they'll be all right no they won't they'll go to hell like it's just two options there's no there's no middle ground here right so but he takes the approach here of i'm going to quietly remind you though once you knew this that the lord so uh, redemption draweth nigh josh so the greek word for lord curios very good all right so this is gonna this is gonna come up a little bit later on in the lesson so i want to this is a very interesting word uh Uh, a little bit later on. Having sozo, having uh, saved uh, or uh, redeemed, delivered uh, the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed. So at the very end of verse, or toward the end of verse 5, that word destroyed. Do you see that the word in italics right after the word destroyed? Do any of you ever read any of the left behind books? Does that word look familiar? Yeah, Apollyon, right? I mean, this is the this is the, the, the destroying This is um, to destroy it, <laughs> I love the definition To destroy fully Which I, I, didn't, I didn't really know how else you could destroy something But apparently you can destroy something partly uh, But this is to destroy fully uh, and, and this is it, There's no There was no um, There was nothing left over That shouldn't have been left over so he destroyed fully those who did not believe, those who did not pastuo. Uh This means to have faith in. It's your next blank, to have faith. <clears throat> yes, he killed them dead, didn't he? He killed them dead, that's right. I love your text messages in the middle of the lessons. Now, when you start telling jokes back and forth and you, like, blow up my phone, I can't respond to those, right? So just be aware. But, uh, verse 6, and the angels, or these messengers, uh, who did not keep uh, their proper domain. So this word for keep, it means to guard or to note uh, or to detain, uh, by extension to withhold. Uh, figuratively, it means to keep unmarried. Isn't that interesting? And if you remember the application that James is... Uh, James, that Jude... I was talking to Chris Cordis this morning about James, so I'm going to intersperse the names, and I apologize for that. But uh, if you remember the application that we made of which Old Testament text we think Jude is referring to here, this actually is very, very consistent with what we think is going on. They did not remain in an unmarried state... They did not keep their proper domain. Uh, Another way to translate this word for proper domain is power. That's your next blank there. They didn't keep their power. But they left, and (laughs) I apologize for all the left behind references today, but uh, to leave behind, right? Uh, They left behind their own abode, their own habitation. Where would their own abode have been? Heaven, right? I'm talking about angels here, so their own abode right? in heaven. They left that. Uh, And what has he done? He has reserved, he has guarded, he has kept them uh, isolated in everlasting chains. And this is not figurative, this is literal bands or shackles. Um, Under darkness, this is gloom. Uh, So the judgment of God does not include, well, I'm alone but I'll be okay. No, this is gloomy, this is dark, this is awful. For the judgment or the decisions of the great day. And then we come to verse 7. As Sodom and Gomorrah. And we talked about Sodom and Gomorrah last week. And the cities around them in a similar manner to these. Uh, And now we get to part of the reason why today's lesson is uh, rated R. uh, Having given themselves over to sexual immorality. So just take a long hard look at the uh, word there in Greek. uh, Giving themselves over to sexual uh, immorality. You see the word, right? It's porn This is literally a lifestyle devoted to pornography uh, To be utterly unchaste To give yourself over to fornication um, there, was, there was no boundary There was no reservation There was no uh, speed bump There was no hurdle there, I mean, there was just, it was just sexual filth It was it, that was their life That's what their life was defined as um, And when we phrase it that way becomes a bit more clear why judgment came very, very quickly on Sodom and Gomorrah. So they gave themselves over to sexual immorality, uh, and they went after strange flesh. So the, the Greek word right after strange, you see that word? What is that? Heteros. So what does heteros mean? In, in, in English, hetero means, is it same or different? Different, right? This is just different. They, there's some, they went after something that was different than what they were supposed to go after, right? Which is inter- it's an interesting uh, uh, way to phrase this, because literally what they went after was the same, but it was different flesh than they should have. So there's a, there's a, there's a twist here in the language that I think is very, um, it's, it's almost poetic in the way that he words this. So they went after this different flesh, they are set forth as an example. Now, uh, this is what's. Whoops, sorry. There we go. Uh, this is what's going to be on the screen for the rest of class, and this is really what I want you to think about, in the kind of a filter—not the only filter—but a filter to think about this text in. Uh, your blank there is a specimen, a specimen. So what do we? So w- when I think of the word specimen, I think back to science class in high school, right? And you had to torture some. Insect and then sprawl it out, and yay, it's on display i I can say this Latin word, and I never understood what the value in that was, but um, and I certainly didn't understand what the value was in slicing open a perfectly good frog and filling it with formaldehyde as opposed to uh, frying it up and eating it as God intended uh, but that's just that's that's this whole other story, so we won't go there um, but so so what does? What does Jude say that this is for? So this, this judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah is set forth or, or exhibited or displayed, stood forth before them as a specimen. So what are you supposed to do with a specimen? You're supposed to look at them and focus on it, right? Yeah, it's, this is, this is going to teach me something about something that has happened in the past right there's there's some kind of a education that is supposed to occur through study and examination of this right come on, you sure? alright uh, now, as an example they're set forth as an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire so this word for suffering is present active participle and you guys know because I've said it a thousand times and we have present participles, what does that mean? Repeatedly. This is repeatedly suffering. So, this is not a single suffering. This is an ongoing suffering. And this is, Jude is actually one of the places in the New Testament that we go to for a glimpse of what eternal punishment looks like, right? So, it is gloomy and dark. It is alone. It is isolated. It is. Uh, repeated suffering and its vengeance of uh, eternal fire are uh, here the the, where we get uh, one of our english words so verse 8 likewise also these dreamers and this is a present participle as well so these repeated dreamers now So let let me ask you a real quick question. So is Jude talking about believers or is he talking about these certain men that have crept in? Which one are we talking about? The certain men, right? Okay, the certain men. I want to make sure we understand which side we're on here. So these dreamers, they defile or uh, taint or contaminate the flesh. Um, My dad, uh, we we grew up on a 220-acre horse farm. And... uh, when you have livestock on a farm, you also have a wide variety of vermin that uh, participate in the farming experience with you. And uh, my dad did not like uh, the uh, sorry, uh, my dad did not like the gopher rats that would get into our shed because he had a lot of uh, wooden handmade tools that they would get in and gnaw on and just tear up, and it wasn't good. So my dad's solution for this, uh, he, it was a two-fold solution. Uh, one was to teach me how to shoot a .22. Uh, and one was to buy what I just always thought were spectacularly large volumes of decon. Um, I, I, didn't, I just didn't know why you had to buy it in that big a volume, but he, he believed in this stuff. And every single time I ever saw him make a purchase, I got the exact same sermon. And it was not a lecture, it was a sermon. It was three points and a poem and an offering at the end, and it was a sermon. And the sermon was, this is 99.9% good stuff and 0.1% stuff that will kill you dead. And if you touch it with your hands, you risk getting poisoned. And if you do anything with your hands near your mouth after that, it will kill you. Do you understand this? Repeat it back to me. That's where that comes from, and great. sorry. Um, when I feel the lesson is important, the lesson gets an opportunity to be repeated back to me. So, um, But these dreamers defile the flesh. They contaminate the flesh. What they have is so dangerous that Jude uses a word to defile the flesh. This is not, oh, a little soap will take this. No, 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 no. This flesh is defiled now. Right? And if that's exact, yes, that is the that is exactly my emotional state. Every time I look at this word, it's like, oh, all right. Um, it's the look that you give to a child that doesn't understand that the five-second rule should not exist. Um, and has picked something up and put it in there, and then you're just like should not happen what have you done you've just defiled yourself this is nasty so these dreamers defile the flesh they reject authority and this word reject is literally a word it means to set aside um so so here's my here's my my visual for you for just a second um so so these dreamers these certain men that have crept in they take the authority that god has actually that's wrong they take the authority that God has given and they say, we will put this over here. We're just going to set this aside. And, and I will just talk out of my... using whatever logic I can come up with and you end up with heresy like is being taught at the Venue Church right now in Chattanooga. And I will caution you, if you have friends or family that are there you need to warn them. Because what is happening right now, we listened to part of a sermon last night, and it it was appallingly, shockingly heretical, disturbing. And not one mention of scripture was made in the entire thing that we listened to. And what has happened is you have decided to set the scripture aside and go off of what I believe is true. And we have as many examples in the Old Testament and the New Testament as you would like that whenever we set God's word aside what happens? Judgment. Judgment. That's exactly right. Judgment happens. So this is a setting aside that's your blank. Set aside. And they didn't just reject anything they rejected authority. What's the word there for authority? Kyriotes. That's right. What does it look like? Looks like Lord, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much what it is. The, the, the blank there is mastery. It's any level of rulership. It's something that is over us. So whether it's a dominion, a spiritual dominion, or a earthly government, or a, a spiritual government, it's anything that's above us. So they have said, I don't want anything above me. Now, who does this sound like in the Old Testament, Isaiah, um, that is quoted in Isaiah Uh, sounds like the devil, right? I will be like the Most High. I will ascend, and I will go up, and I will get higher, and I will be... And it's this, no, 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 no. What is our job? Our job is to submit to the sovereign king of the universe and acknowledge our place as servants who have been gloriously and wonderfully redeemed through no act of our own. Like... (laughs) We don't get to glory and boast. Oh, except in the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what we get to boast. I get to boast in something that I didn't do. Okay, (laughs) I'll take that. (laughs) And I'm glad he gave it. So they reject, they set aside this authority, and they speak evil, and this is about as easy a word to see what it is, right? Blasphemeo, uh, to blaspheme, to defame, to speak evil of dignitaries. Now, in your English translation, do you have a different word for dignitaries? They speak evil of dignitaries. This was, this was the most surprising Greek word i found so far in Jude. Anything else? Everybody has dignitaries? Celestial beings, all right? Ungodly people, all right? The Greek word is doxa. we get our English word doxology. And the word literally means glory. And it is used, uh, when we went through Romans, this is one of the words that Paul waterboarded us with, just over and over and over and over, the glory of God, the glory of God, the glory of God, the glory of God. Um, And that's what this is. They speak evil of glory. This is something in in a praiseworthy or a honoring position. uh, And not exclusively used in the New Testament of God, but... The vast majority of times that this is used in the New Testament, this is talking about God. Uh, so I've always thought it curious that. <laughs> curious. <laughs> Sorry. A little Greek humor for you there. Um, <clears throat> I've always thought it interesting uh, that, that we would translate this as dignitaries or celestial. What was it? Celestial what? Beings. Yeah. It's, it's just glory. That's what it is. Speak evil of glory. So verse 9. Yet Michael the archangel in contending so diacrino. Uh, so this is two greek words put together so dia which means through and Crino is judgment uh so this is the this uh this through judging through communicating in this way and this is a present participle so this is repeatedly contending it's your next blank repeatedly contending so the michael the archangel in repeatedly contending with the devil the diabolus. And, and so I'm, the reason I put this as a blank here, this false accuser, false is your blank. The reason I put false as a blank is that many times we, we describe the devil as the accuser of the brethren. And, and that is true, but it, it's, not, it's not as thoroughly true as it could be. He is the false accuser of the brethren. There's false accusations that are being made about us. Um, And that is very specifically what the devil does, this slandering, false-accusing work that the devil is participating in. So Michael the archangel contends with the devil uh, when he disputed. And this word for disputed means to say thoroughly, which I think is very interesting. So he's repeatedly disputing with the devil, or repeatedly contending with the devil, and he says thoroughly, like this word means to say thoroughly. So I have, I have said what I need to say, and then skip down just a little bit. What does Michael say? The Lord rebuke you. That was in Jude's mind, thorough. That's it. Yeah, and, and you know, there's in our English translations, I have an exclamation point at the end of it, um, and it's just well, this is this is what needs to be said. Um, so. I feel, given our, I feel, given my uh, personal access to an obscene volume of personal communication methods text, email, uh, Facebook, Twitter whatever else we want to, websites that I view thorough as many words sometimes sometimes thorough is the Lord rebuke you so thorough doesn't have to mean a lot of words. Thorough can just be thorough and short. Uh, so when he thoroughly uh, said about the body of Moses, he dared not bring uh, against him a reviling, a blasphemia, accusation or decision, but said, the Lord, Kurios, uh, rebuke you, or the Lord censure or admonish you, or forbid or charge you. It literally means to tax upon Verse 10, but these speak evil, Blasphemio, of whatever they do not know. If there was ever a proverb for our generation, how quickly have I jumped into the middle of something I know absolutely nothing about, and spoken evil about something that I know absolutely nothing about, and pronounced a... Blasphemy, defaming, ariling, reviling on, speaking evil of. That is an example of behavior that these certain men have. That's not supposed to be about us. That's supposed to be about them. Right? So let's make that about them, not about us. So, but these speak evil of whatever they do not know and whatever they know naturally or, or physically, um, like brute or irrational animals. In these things, they corrupt themselves. Now, I grew up, I told you just a minute ago, on a horse farm, and we had a term that we would use for an old horse that was not treated properly. Uh, and I said this phrase to Justin before class, and he said, oh, this might not go well. Uh, does anybody know the phrase I'm about to use? Uh, no, a little a little rougher than that. Uh, rode hard and put up wet. It does, doesn't it? I bet if I heard my grandfather say that once, I heard him say it a thousand times. Now, I, I have to be careful quoting my grandfather. Because <laughs> there were a rather large population of words I probably shouldn't quote from my grandfather in Sunday school. But for these things, they corrupt themselves. The blank there is to shrivel. And I don't know if you've ever seen anybody shriveled up from the long-term results of sin but it'll happen and i don't just mean alcohol or drugs i just mean bitterness and hatred and i just i'm just i'm just a, a bitter old person and that is so sad but jude says exactly what is happening they are going to shrivel up they corrupt themselves they deprave or defile or destroy themselves and he pronounces a, a exclamation of grief at your next blank there whoa uh, exclamation of grief Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and have run greedily. This they have gushed out; they have poured out. This is this is a liquid type term. It is just spilling over into the error of Balaam, and this is this word for error is straying from orthodoxy, straying from orthodoxy. So this is there is a path that is right, and they are spilling over into something else. This is when the river. Uh, floods over in the error of Balaam for profit, for hire, that's your blank, for hire, H-I-R-E, literally for reward or wages, and they have perished in the rebellion of Korah. And that word for rebellion, do you see the word logia. Logos is the word, anti is against, so in the opposition of the word, in this rebellion that Korah led. All right, so let's take very quickly at uh, a couple of applications and some personalizations. Application number one, uh, examples are all around us, right? I mean, it seems to me like Jude just kind of randomly pulled stuff from there, but this is a very specific set of examples that he is communicating a very consistent theme of, if you deviate, judgment is coming. So what do we do with this? Number one, learn, right? Learn from the specimens of the past. Application number two, apostasy is nothing new. Um, we look around and we see examples of apostasy and evil and uh, certain men creeping in and still proclaiming evil doctrine. It's nothing new. So what do we do with that? I would I would encourage us to guard, uh, guard our hearts and our actions against any deviation from orthodoxy. And then just to make sure we don't miss it, because I don't know that it can be said enough, uh, sin results in judgment. So uh, what do we do with that? Stay on the straight and narrow. And listen to those speaking truth uh, into our lives. Uh, I don't know if y'all can see my t-shirt today. I will take a moment and explain it. You see my t-shirt? Sean, can you read it out loud for everybody? She was warned. She was given an explanation. Nevertheless, she persisted. Yes. And many of you probably saw this on the news several months ago. Uh, This was a quote from, I believe, Senator Mitch McConnell. Uh, describing one of the Democratic senators that was rebuked very publicly uh, in the Senate. And uh, I think it is an extraordinarily appropriate T-shirt for today because what we will have today are people who are warned and given an explanation and persist. And what we will have tomorrow and in the future are people who are warned and given an explanation and persist in bad doctrine And I don't want it to catch us off guard or by surprise. This is something that Jude talked about numerous times in the Old Testament. He said this is going to continue to happen. So when we see it, don't panic. State the truth. And when needed, the Lord rebuke you. And that'll work. And that'll be a good thorough rebuke. So uh, that is Sunday school lesson for today. Thank you for coming today. Do you see how today and last week I needed two full weeks? I probably needed three weeks, but we're just going to do it in two, so it's okay. Um, I didn't think I could tell all the Old Testament stories in a week and then do the words as well. So, uh, your weekly update, uh, the page with the blue tab at the top is on your table. Uh, So if you will pray over those requests, write down any new requests, that would be great. Um, So that I don't have to uh, email you all, just a, a heads up, I have been having some uh, pain in my abdomen for several weeks uh, My doctor on Thursday identified it as a faulty gall- gallbladder uh, So that will be coming out likely Tuesday for me uh, So I would covet your prayers on that Yes, I've heard from many of you that it is a simple thing and I'll be over it quickly And nevertheless, they're going to cut into my belly button So, um, <laughs> And I am hot and sweaty thinking about that So <clears throat> not in a good way uh, so, uh, that is my prayer request. If you could pray over that as well, I'd appreciate it. I don't know any details on it yet. When I know details, I'll, I'll share those. But uh, pray as a table, and when you're done praying as a table, you are dismissed. Thanks for coming to Sunday School today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.